There's a lot of giants already in the industry that you're going to have. But if you carve out a little niche here, if you're the landing page creator guy, right? If you're the you know, whatever niche that you carve out, I think you can build a name for yourself in that niche. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with John Sonmes, who's got a great name, but uh, what we're talking about today is uh, marketing as usual. And uh, in this case, it's actually how to market yourself as a developer for all the developers listening to this podcast, which I don't think there's going to be too many, to be honest. So where this gets interesting is that, uh, you know, I've done a lot of freelance copywriting in the past and, you know, doing a lot of that these days as well with a team. And uh, what John does is he does similar stuff in the sense that he's teaching other people how to, he's teaching developers how to market themselves as a developer, how to get clients as a developer. And so it's not how to be a developer, not how to learn how to write code or what coding languages you should learn, but how to, for example, you mentioned something when we were just chatting about Judge Judy and a normal judge. Judge Judy apparently earns, you know, something like $47 million a year. And uh, the normal judge probably earns, you know, 100, he's lucky to earn a couple hundred grand. So we've got uh, a huge disparity there. And it's, you know, the question is why? So the episode today is we're going to chat about what he does to teach these developers. Because I think it's really applicable to, number one, any any copywriter or, or you know, sort of, it could be a newbie copywriter or someone who's been in the game longer. This can be really, really useful to you if you're trying to get more clients because you're going to get an idea of what you can do to to position yourself and market yourself. And also, too, if you already have an established business and, you, and you, you're not really a freelancer, but you're a, uh, you know, you, you think of yourself, you're an entrepreneur or you're a business owner, I, uh, I really think John's going to have some great stuff to share on how to how to position yourself as, once again, as the judge duty of your industry. So, uh, and you can make a lot more money doing it that way. So, we'll get into that in just a minute. John, how you going, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, man. Good to have you on the show. And good name, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'll take credit for it. <laughs> so you invented it, man. I mean, let's just, That's let's right. just put it that way. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, so before we get into this uh, this developer marketing stuff, can you give the listener uh, a background, a bit more of a background on who you are, what you do, what your background is, and uh, what you're all about? Sure. So I've been a software developer probably for what, I don't know, like 15 years before I even got into any of this. So I've worked in all kinds of different programming languages, you know, developing iOS apps, Android apps, C++, all, all the kind of stuff. And I was just the kind of a regular career developer until I discovered, I, I created a blog and I discovered that I was suddenly getting all these crazy opportunities just because people started to know who I was. And and so I ended up getting a lot of opportunities to be able to go out and, and do training for developers and, and to earn royalties from doing video training. And it and I, as I was doing that, I started to realize that there was all these software developers that had no idea how to market themselves. They had no idea about what marketing was. And I saw how valuable it was for my career. It took my income up to 5x what I was making as a, as a, you know, as a senior software engineer. And I said, well, you know, I could probably help a lot of other developers and I could kind of shortcut them as to, to be able to do what I'm doing. So what I ended up doing was... Uh, you know, with my through my blog through simpleprogrammer.com, I now teach developers uh, among other things uh, what 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 we'd probably call soft skills. So you could think of me as sort of like the Tony Robbins for software developers, yeah. or you know, life coach for software developers. And and one of the main things I teach them is how to get out there and market themselves so that they can build a name for themselves, a reputation, some kind of authority in the area because in, in the area of software development or in some area there, some specialty because of how valuable that is. I like it. I like it. 
Very good uh, summary there. Thank you. <laughs> I like the Tony Robbins <laughs> thing, man. I mean, I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. So I'm curious if you if you do a lot of the uh, do a lot of the mindset stuff where you're pumping people up and motivating them and all that stuff. I do. I try to. You know, when I when I it, it's kind of funny when I go to like a code camp, a developer conference. And, and, you know, the, you, when I give a talk, I'll be the guy that's like, I'll take the microphone. I, I always ask like, can I walk with this microphone? You know, whenever I do a conference, because I'll be out there in the audience, you know, you know, just the loudest guy there. Hmm. Cause I get so much energy. I like to pump people up and make them excited. Cause it, you know, it's kind of boring sitting there looking at code and, and all this stuff. Exactly. And so I, I kind of bring, bring some energy to it. So. so I'm curious if people get a little bit scared sometimes in the sense that, you know, developers sitting inside like a, you know, the, I guess the stereotype, which isn't necessarily true, but sitting in like a dark little room with, you know, three cans of Red Bull next to you and, you know, just coding away with some trance music going. And, uh, you know, and then you go to a talk where a guy like you is like, come on guys, get up on your chair, let's dance. We're going to do like 10 squats and then wave your arms in the air. And I'm going to throw chocolates to the best dancer. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I think there's definitely, a, you know, a little bit of a shock factor there. And so, I mean, honestly, some people do walk out, right? Mm. That that just that's that's how I know I'm doing a good job when some people are like, you've "Whoa, made made <laughs> exactly, yeah." I like it. All right, so so well, that's uh, yeah, that's uh, that kind of paints a good picture. So let's get into this: uh, how to be a well, not how to be a developer, but how to market yourself as a developer. What's the? I guess to kick it off, what would be you know what's how how would, how would you like to frame the discussion? What's sort of the um, the most important thing. How would you sum it all up in terms of how to position yourself, how to market yourself as a developer, and that also transfers to to other skills like copywriting? Right. Okay. So I would say first of all that you know everything that I do and and, and help developers with, it's I choose developers because that's my niche, right? That's who I know. But it applies to anyone, right? If you're a doctor, if you're a copywriter, whatever it is, this idea of marketing yourself. I think the same exact concepts, the same soft skill concepts are going to apply. So we could pretty much just talk about that in general and like what is the value of marketing yourself and how What's and how can you do this what, what, what am i going to get out of it or what's a listing going to get out of it if they if they learn to do this properly so the big thing is just like you had said in the intro about you know that we talked about the judge judy thing where judge judy makes 47 million dollars a year and a, and a supreme court justice makes 225 225,000 right and and you look at like uh bill clinton gets paid 200,000 dollars to speak at an event right but uh, your average you know speaker might get paid Five or ten thousand dollars, and that's considered good. So you, you you have it in in the in a lot of different industries, right? So rock stars, right? The top rock stars they get paid ridiculous amounts of money to play a gig, whereas someone who's just as good but unknown doesn't get paid very much. Celebrity like chefs, oh yeah. Yeah, DJs, right? If you have a name, um, celebrity chefs, Gordon Ramsay, right? You know, these celebrity chefs, I don't know a lot of celebrity chefs, but anyway, they get paid a lot more money. <laughs> but but the thing is, you know, you get to this point where you say, okay, well, is it because they're so much more skilled than than the ones who get paid less? You know, is, is Bill Clinton so much of a better speaker than your average speaker at a conference? Hmm. No, the, the answer is, is that he has a name, right? If you if you build a name for yourself, so that's where the whole marketing yourself comes from. Is there's this sort of equation which goes skills times marketing equals money, right? And right. so you know you, you 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 have to have skills, right? You, if you're a copywriter and you can't write copy, if you just sit there and you you have no skills at it, uh, then it doesn't matter if you market yourself, right? Because because then you're going to be a fraud. So you mm. don't want to be a fraud. But if you have skill, 
and it's a decent amount of skill, it's, it's probably better to invest your time marketing, learning how to market that skill so that you build a name for yourself than it is to increase that skill by an incremental level. You get into that 80% bracket of skill level, what, what gets you the five times 10x pay, 100x pay is not getting more skill. What it is, is getting a name, hmm. you know? And, and, and in the copywriting industry, right? You know, people like Bob Bly, and I mean, a lot of the guests that you have on the on the show, right? Uh, they they have a name, and that's really what what ends up uh, causing their bill rate to be so high. Mm. So, I mean, one objection though that I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, voice because I imagine that like if I was listening to this, I'd be thinking, well, that's great for Bill Clinton or Judge Judy or the rock stars out there. The problem is, I. You know, I'm not the president of the United States and I'm not some TV superstar and that's going to take years and decades and all that. I just want to make a little bit of money now so I can quit my job. Right. So, so here's the thing with that, right? So you don't have to have a lot of fame, right? You don't have to be our ultimate super rock star that's, that's in a big area, right? So you could be the big fish in the small pond and you get the same effect. So for example, I mean, you've, you've niched yourself pretty well being the autoresponder guy, right? And so, I mean, when I think about email, you know, maybe I'm listening to your podcast so much, but, but I, I think that you're, you're penetrating multiple circles because I hear about you from other people. People, mm. Right, you know, I, I, I've I've heard you from multiple channels that I follow in the in the copywriting and in the marketing space. So I know I've associated your name with being the autoresponder email guy, mm. and and that's a huge value in in my book because now you know other people that are thinking that same way. That's going to allow you to charge a, a higher premium than someone who is just a generic copywriter and doesn't have an. And they're going to have a hard time. I mean, if you want to be known for being a copywriter. You're going to have to – That's a. there's a lot of, of, of giants already in the industry that you're going to have. But but if you pick, carve out a little niche here, if you're the landing page creator guy, right, if you're the, you know, the email marketing guy like that you autoresponder guy or if you're – you know, whatever it is, uh, I'm, I'm the, I can, I'm the customer testimonial guy. I can help you put the best customer testimonials. I can help you craft those, you know, whatever niche that you carve out, I think you can build a name for yourself in that niche. Hmm. It's funny because it was two years ago when I, these, these were the thoughts that were going through my head. It was some marketing training that I'd been going through and it was like, all right, so step one, when you, you know, work with any business is you got to help them create a USP because if they don't have a USP, then they're probably going to be differentiating on price, which means that the buyer goes to the cheapest price. It's the fastest race to the bottom. It's, it's, you know, there's no profit in it. So I'm sitting there thinking, well, there's, there's thousands of, must be tens of thousands of copywriters out there and, and it's just getting more and more competitive these days. So you could be as good as John Carlton or as good as Gary Halbert or as good as, you know, if you're developers, as good as whoever the best developers in the world are. But because the field's been around for a certain amount of time, any field that's profitable is going to gradually get more and more competitive. And though once someone, once John Carlton is John Carlton, no one else can be John Carlton. And so you've got right. five or ten of the best copywriters in the world. If there was no co- no, if copywriting was like a new industry and there was none of the best, they weren't even if they weren't alive or that hadn't happened yet, then it probably wouldn't be too difficult for someone to come in, provided they had the skills, to become the next John Carlton. But because of the internet, because anyone can become a copywriter, there's a very small barrier to entry. You can't just be a copywriter. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, it, it, it's, you know, and, and you can, it's always best to be the big fish in the small pond, right? That's what, like I tell developers when they say, oh, I don't want to pigeonhole myself. I say, no, 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 no. Be the big fish in the small pond right now. 
when you're the big fish, when 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 the pond is too small, and and you and you can then you can expand to another pond. And you, you know you you can you can you can uh, go uh, lateral, make a lateral movement on your ladder, and you and you're you're at a higher rung in the ladder. And eventually, I mean, if you if you conquer enough markets, if you you can build up a name, a generic name, then you can become a great copywriter, a great developer yeah. Yeah. without a specialty attached to you. But but you got to start by conquering a market. I mean, Amazon did this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I always tell developers think of yourself as a business. So a lot of things that to market yourself personally is the same things that a business would do. And so, you know, Amazon, they started off being the best bookseller, right? They, they were the online bookseller and they conquered that market. Then they moved laterally into CDs and and DVDs, which was a, a, you know, a a very similar market. And then they moved, you know, and they kept on expanding until now they sell everything. But if they started out trying to sell everything, uh, they, they would have just, you know, just flopped out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny too with like PayPal. Some of these like household names these days. PayPal, if you read Zero to One, uh, a book by Peter Thiel, he talks about how when PayPal started, they weren't getting it. They really struggled to get traction, and they, were, they almost went bankrupt actually. And what they yeah. found there, they were trying different methods and different ways of marketing and positioning themselves. And what ended up working was they they positioned themselves as a basically a payment provider for people on eBay, and that's it. They exactly. Didn't, they didn't worry about anything, and it wasn't just eBay people. It was like power sellers on eBay, so people doing volume on eBay. And there was a couple thousand of them, and uh, they probably didn't know it at the time. It's always easy to connect the dots looking backwards. But how it played out is because they got the eBay power sellers on board, so then they had the volume to keep the business going. And then it expanded from there. It's like, all right, well, once we got the eBay guys, then it's probably like, all right, what other sites are similar to eBay that have a whole bunch of sellers that are struggling to process bank payments? How, you know, and, and then we come in there. And then you gradually, as, as the brand grows, it starts to take on a life of its own. And uh, people just talk about it. Like it kind of gets to that, there's probably like, it's like a breaking point or a threshold, an inflection point. I don't know, there's a word for it. Tipping point is the word. And, right, and yep. then it just, once it hits that critical mass, it's just, the, the whole thing just on its own. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, that's that's the thing that, that someone should be aiming for is, I mean, just, just cornering a, a niche by itself is extremely profitable and there's so much depth to it. I mean, if you can become the the person, the name for some niche in in a in a decent sized industry, you're going to make a lot of money. But then from there that gives you the opportunity, it opens up the gates to be able to move over to another one or to a bigger circle and then you know, or to go mainstream like like a lot of a lot of a lot of people who became really famous in general started off that way, right? They started off with something that they were, you know, famous for and then they and then they in a very specific area and then they expanded out. So mm-hmm. one thing here that I'm thinking is that like because it's you know it's funny in the last few years I've had a lot of people who've kind of seen what I've done with the podcast and the emails and things like that. And you know they've heard about me say like you and from other people and they've kind of gone, well, I'm gonna go be an email copywriter. And it's like once someone's already done it, it's right. gonna be very hard to do it again. Like if they already own that now I don't own the spot, you know, it's a big market. But it's 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 that you really need to come up with your own thing. And some people think that like the, a common question I get is do you just come up with it on the spot or do you just let it evolve? And I don't, I don't think there's a right answer actually. I think, you know, for me it was I was learning to write copy and someone gave me, oh, I got a couple of different jobs and eventually it wound up that most of the jobs I was getting were email jobs. So when I came to that question of what's my USP, it was like, it was very common, it was very, you know, straightforward to be like, well, I've been doing lots of email stuff. Why don't I just start calling myself the email guy? And, uh, you know, happy days. Um, they're already the clients I'm getting. So now we'll just get more of them again and it makes it easy and blah, blah, blah. So whereas some people are like, before they even get started, they might want to position themselves. Right? right, exactly. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it, it, it's better to pick something, right? And then you can always change it later if it doesn't work out. But being a generalist almost never works for you because it's so hard. You're, you're fighting against everyone. Especially if in you the early stages. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're a brand, like if you're Nike or, or, or I was talking to someone yesterday about the Starbucks marketing, and it's like Starbucks marketing is branding. It works. There's a reason these companies do it. They invest millions in it. But like a small business who's just getting started can't get the same success, the same results with it because they don't have the same brand firepower to put behind it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and as far as like getting your name out there, right, this is where I think it connects is like it's I, I think most people would agree from listening to us. Yeah, it's good to be to have a name and a niche. But how do you do that? Right. And so so the way that you do that is partially by by that specialization gives you those opportunities. So like for in the software development world, I say, OK, you know, instead of being an iOS developer, you develop iOS apps, be the iOS developer that specializes in one control you know, or, or one specific aspect of it. Let's say that you're, you know, everything about iOS buttons and how to customize them and, you know, all the ways that you can interact with buttons. I mean, that's, it seems like a ridiculous example, but I'll tell you what, if you go to, if you go that deep in your, that niche down, then when you try to uh, pitch a magazine, like a developer magazine for an article and you say, I'm the expert in buttons, like I can give you, they want that. They want that kind of depth stuff. If you, you try to speak at a conference, right? Even without a name, because you're so specialized, they're going to want to hear this expert in this one very small area. Mm-hmm. It gives you all these advantages. Whereas if you tried to pitch, you know, to, to speak at a conference and you say, I'm, I'm a really good software developer and you have no name, or I'm a really good copywriter or whatever it is, and you have no name, uh, it's, it's much more difficult. But if you can say, I, I solved this one very, very specific problem, uh, it's so much easier to get people to invite you on their podcast to get uh, in a magazine, conference, right, uh, to even a publisher to publish a, a book because you are the, you, you can declare yourself the expert in that, in that very specific area. So it really lends itself to building the name, which, because you've got to have these platforms, right? In order to build a name, people have to hear about you multiple times, you know, that it's a building a brand. And so how do you do that? You know, you do that partially through that specialization. Mm. And one thing that I've had, I mean, just to give an example of how powerful this is, is that like in the last few years, I don't, I, don't, I don't tell many people this, but I've had, you know, a lot of people come to me and, uh, you know, you this email guy, you're amazing, you've done this, 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 and this. I'm like, I'm just a dude from Australia who's kind of figured some stuff out. And like, it's almost like my reputation has, because you kind of got like your own, like, I guess your prestige, which is the external stuff, and then your internal thing, which might, might be your self-image. And what's happened with me, and I think this probably happens with a lot of people in, in situations like this, is sometimes the prestige can get ahead of your actual self-image to the point where everyone out there thinks you're absolutely ama- like thinks you're amazing and you've done all this great stuff and inside you still feel like you know in my case now I've, I've I've dealt with a lot of this now but there have been times in the past where people are coming to me thinking I'm this guru and I'm like I'm not a guru I'm just like you know at the time you know 23 years old or 24 years old I'm living in Asia and 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 I write some emails and stuff like I, I wasn't thinking oh, I'm this big expert right but exactly to be honest and you know I've spoken to people about this is 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 it's really determined by the market so if the market thinks you're an expert you you pretty much are an expert the market's pretty good at figuring out who's an expert and who's not and oh so yeah exactly. eventually it catches up to yourself but that's how that's how powerful it is oh yeah yeah it, i mean it's the imposter syndrome right you feel that exactly. when, but but it but it's it's kind of cool because it means that the market is actually pricing you higher than you value yourself and, you know one, one good example of this is like my i do some consulting now i try to avoid it because i mostly do product product stuff i sell products and, and and sell it through email marketing but when i do consult my hourly rate is three hundred dollars an hour and that's it's a non-negotiable rate and and whenever someone says, "Hey, I want to hire you to do this," I usually say, "You really don't want to hire me. You could hire someone off of Odesk for twenty five dollars an hour, fifty dollars an hour to write code." And and sometimes they will say, "No, no, 
I want you, John, to do <laughs> so, and it's because of reputation, right? Because I'm like, I honestly could not write a lot better code than someone for you know. I, I'm you're better off hiring me at a higher level to coach your developers and business. And they say, no, 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 we want you to do it. And so you know that, but the, but that's that's just like you're saying. It's the power of it. It's like that reputation. Someone has is fixed on your name. They're gonna you're gonna pay you astronomical fees just because of that. Even though you may not even feel that you're worth it uh, at that that point, but there's a huge, huge value. People, you know, that name, you know, name recognition is a huge, huge thing. Mm -hmm. So if you can get that, that just adds a tremendous value to your brand. So yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I've had I've had experiences where you know, like when I was back in Sydney, I, I I've worked a lot of different you know casual jobs or sales jobs, and I was making in Australia the wages are pretty good, so I'd be making sixteen, seventeen dollars an hour, which is I suppose decent by worldwide standards. But you know, the first time I was able to charge more than a hundred dollars an hour, and then where where it is now, which is yeah. it's even more. It's it's kind of funny. I think I'm like I dro- I mean I dropped out of high school. I I didn't go to university. I went to college and dropped out of college because I got bored. And then I just partied my ass off for about three years, three or four years, and didn't do anything. And now it's like now that I've kind of you know you study copywriting or study how to market yourself and sell yourself, I can go out there and charge, you know, ten, twenty, thirty times what I used to make like in three years. It's crazy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And and you think about all these people, you know, working their regular nine to five jobs for 30 years and you're able to make them their salary in like a couple of months or so. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it, and it has all to do with, with, with the idea of, of if you can market yourself, if you can build a business where you, where your name, where there's enough for name recognition that, and it doesn't have to be a lot. It really doesn't. I mean, you don't have to be on primetime television, right? That level of, you just have to have in your circle, in your niche, enough of a name that someone, you know, recognizes who you are. And there's, there's usually plenty of business right there. So, right. And people think that like, because I reckon someone might listen to this and think, well, you know, it's easy for you guys to talk, right? You've got a website and a podcast and like a, a pop, you know, personal brand. It's like, well, yeah, like anyone can do that. People think like exactly. the, the podcast that I've done is that like I just, I created a product a year ago. No one gave me permission to create the product. I was just like, oh, well, I know how to write copy and I can probably give some advice that's that's at least half decent on how to write an email autoresponder. And um, so I made the product and then, and then started doing the podcast. And it was just, it's sort of like people are waiting for themselves to be, like they're waiting for everyone to say, all right, you're an expert. And then they're gonna, and then they think that when that happens, then they can go off and be an expert. Instead, it's actually the other way around. If you want to be an expert, you got to start just calling yourself and thinking of yourself and acting like an expert now. And then over time, people are gonna gradually think of you as an expert. Exactly. In fact, that's I, I always use that concept. I call it acting as if, or or the fake it till you make it. Right. It, it, this this idea that you you act as if you already are, act as if you're this person, and then you'll become this person, and people will believe it. You have to you bring the authenticity uh, you know it's it's the idea of having these uh, strong convictions but held loosely you believe this thing but you're willing to be challenged and and if you if you keep that mindset then you can speak with authority w- without being you know hard-headed and I think that's you know that's one of the key things and and like you said anyone can do this right so so you know to give some practical advice here I, what I would say is someone starting out if they wanted to to market themselves to be able to build a, a name and a brand uh, the, the key thing is first of all to pick a specialty right so you got to pick some kind of a niche you got to you know don't worry about being pigeonholed pick something and then uh, uh, the, the lowest barrier to entry in my mind is a blog 
right? You can just set up a website and start blogging. And if you start blogging every week on the topic, uh, you're going you're gonna to start positioning yourself as, as an authority in that area. But then, you know, there's other things you can do, right? So a brand becomes powerful when, when people recognize it multiple times. So, you, you know, for, for each person, I think we could probably go out there and we could look at all the different kind of channels that we consume. So, you know, I watch YouTube videos, I listen to podcasts, right? I read magazines, I read books, right? All these different things. How can you get, you know, I, I, uh, I like Pat Flynn's approach. He says, uh, from Smart Passive Income, he says, you know, be everywhere. And that's what, what, I, what I think is like, if you want to really build a name for yourself, be everywhere. Show up, you know, when someone does a Facebook search, when they do a, a search on podcasts, when they look on YouTube, when they search on Google, they should find your blog posts, your videos, your podcasts, or you being interviewed on podcasts. Uh, you know, that, that's a surprisingly good way to market yourself in the developer community. I think I've been on just about every developer podcast that there is. And I just you know emailed the podcast host and said, hey, can I come on and talk about this specific thing? Now you're on a marketing so, podcast, man. You're getting famous. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it really is something that, that is very approachable. I, I think most people don't ever realize that they could build up credibility and reputation. And, it, and it's not that hard. Just think about all the different channels that exist out there that you're con- currently consuming and see how you can get on those channels and put content out on those channels. Um, another approach that I that I personally take is I say I give away ninety percent of what I do for free and I charge for ten percent of it. Hmm. And by creating a lot of value for people, you know the whole Zig Ziglar thing about uh, you know if you if you want to uh, if, if you give enough people get enough give enough people what they want you'll get what you want right uh, you know whatever the exact quote is but but that idea I think is very very powerful and it, it's very true if you can affect a million people's lives you're going to make a million dollars. Okay. Okay. I mean, the cool thing here is that, like, because we're like, well, you know, if I do a blog or if I do a podcast or if I do YouTube, like, I don't know what to write about. And it's a bit like the way I think about it is, is it's before you've done it. It's really funny because before you've ever done this, before you've had like success in this area, building some sort of brand like this, it's really, it's really hard to imagine that it's gonna work. It's kind of like that. Yeah. You just like put it off. You like you don't really grasp the the gravity of the opportunity. And an example of this is like. I've been reading this book called Bold by Peter Diamandis on, on a whole bunch of future technology that's coming out, like 3D printing and robotics and all that. And he talks about it like uh, exponential. He calls it exponential technology. And yeah. uh, what's funny is our brains, I think, our brains are, have evolved to be very linear, uh, linear thinking. So that's thinking that, you know, if you add, you know, one plus one equals two, plus another one is three, plus one is four, plus one is five, and things like that. That's linear thinking. And it's in a straight line if you plot it on a graph. And uh, so that means it's like, well, if, if to this year I earned $100,000, next year I can earn 110 and the year after I can earn 120. But what happens when you go exponential is this is where you go one times one times two is four times two again is eight times two is 16. Okay. Right. So if, here's the interesting thing, right? If you take, this is how bad the brain is at understanding the, and I'll link this back to the marketing stuff in a second, how bad the brain is at understanding this exponential stuff is if you take one and times it by two, like double it 30 times, let's say one meter and double it 30 times, how far do you think that's going to be? One meter double thirty times. It's somewhere probably in the in the hundreds of millions, maybe. Like it's it's some crazy. I I know the twenty, right? The twenty, like one dollar. You bet someone a dollar per hole of golf, and you do it eighteen times, right? And then it comes to like some kind of million dollar bet or something. So it's probably really high. I would I would guess somewhere over over the over ten million. It's over a, it's over a billion meters. Oh my gosh! So, and he, here's the interesting thing. This yeah. is one meter doubled thirty times. Okay. It's actually you can go to the you can go around the Earth eighty times 
with that distance. Or you can go to the sun and back three times. Wow. So this is, whereas so if you took a linear steps, you'd go 30 meters. If you took exponential steps, you're going around the earth 80 times. Right. So, and, but our brains, right, are terror, like I think our brains, literally the way they're wired is we are unable to grasp the gravity of the opportunity because we just, we haven't seen change happen. That We're starting to see it now with computers, but we personally haven't seen change happen that fast. And this is like, so with the marketing is, if you've never done this and you've never seen this happen to yourself or to a friend, it's very hard to understand the gravity uh, of the opportunity here. But it really is as simple as set up a website and start putting out, like if you want to be an expert, simply if you, know, if you want to be the expert on buttons, for example, go, you could, even don't even have to be an expert in buttons today but I know that I could go and set up a site add some YouTube videos and blog posts and maybe even start a podcast and I could go and read there's probably an Amazon book or two I could read about buttons and a few blog posts I could read about buttons and I could just literally rewrite that content or put it in my own words and I would become the expert in buttons and I know for a fact that it would work and it would probably happen a lot faster it would happen very very quickly too exactly yes so. yes exactly and, and that stuff will live out there right this is the, to, to talk more about the exponential thing is, you know, when you work your nine to five job and you, you know, you, you, whatever you do the work and it's done and you get a paycheck that's it's done with. Right. But when you write a blog post, even though you might not necessarily get paid for it today, or you write a, you you create a YouTube video or you do a podcast episode, it lives out there on the internet and it it causes exponential growth because especially if it, if it has any kind of virality at all, because people share it. Right. And you build this audience, you build your, up your email list. Right. Mm -hmm. Now what happens is, okay, my email list now has, you know, I wish I would have started my email list when I first started this whole thing, but I've got about like uh, 9,000 people on my email list. Now, when I write a blog post and I send it out to those 9,000 people on the email list, suddenly all my blog views go up, right? And then those people share it. And then that causes more people to come to my blog, which causes more people to go on my email list, which starts this, this cycle. And, and all of the content I've ever written over the past five years, that still gets hits on Google, right? It, it, and same thing on YouTube. So all these things as you're building this empire, it, 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 it seems like uh, linear growth at first, but all of a sudden you, you start looking at things and you're like, wow, how did I jump from making $1,000 a month to $10,000 a month? And then, and then pretty soon you're like, wow, I could actually see where I could make $100,000 a month. Like if you asked me you know, way back when, I would have said, no way. But you can almost see it. But when you're first starting out, because even exponential growth is so, it looks so small, right? When it, when it doubles one to two to four to eight, to, you know, until it hits like you know, 15 doubles, you don't realize that this is a rocket ship taking off. And that's how it is with creating, you know, for me, for creating content out there is you, you, you'd grow like that. Hmm. Crazy how it works too. Like it starts off, it's a bit slow at first and you kind of, you know, you start to, you know, you get an email here, an email there about, you know, can you design someone's buttons? And then six months down the line, it kind of picks up a little bit more and then, you know, it's not sort of like it goes, you know, you go from, you know, 100 people knowing you to 200 people in a year. You're probably going to go from 100 to 1,000. And then in year two, because everyone, because you had 1,000 people sharing it, you don't go from 1,000 to 2,000, you go from 1,000 to 10,000. Exactly like exactly. And then once you've got 10,000, then it's the same thing because you've got 5,000 customers now, for example. Now you even grow even faster. You grow even faster. You grow even faster. And so it's crazy how this stuff works. Yeah. And you do the same amount of work, except now you're getting paid a lot more. Especially, I mean, some things don't scale, right? If you're billing yourself out for, uh, hourly, right? You, you should eventually build some kind of a product so that you can, you can scale. Because 
if you if you have a product and you're creating content to to market that product, uh, it, the same amount of work, right? For the for a huge amount of money as your audience grows, right? It, it, your, your your the amount of money you make grows even though the amount of work doesn't because it takes the same amount of work to be able to keep producing the podcast or keep producing the the thing, and and you know you're getting higher sponsors if you have sponsors for a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. So so I think there's there's a, a huge value there where you know people fail to realize they say, well, you know, content marketing is just like paying for advertising. And 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 you could you could equate that to dollars for hour. And it's it's not the same because if, at at one point you might say, yeah, it's the same. I, I I looked at the time it took me to write this book or to make this this course, uh, this digital product I'm selling, and I paid myself seventy five dollars an hour. I could have built you know freelancing rate at, at a higher rate. But what they don't recognize is that you build that asset once, and then as your audience grows, all of a sudden now you're making like a thousand dollars an hour on work you did five years ago. Mm. Another inter- interesting thing too is with the content. I was chatting to someone recently about how like it's like less and less online. It's it's getting harder and harder to basically get uh, you know get an ad on Facebook or Google AdWords and send it straight to a sales page and get someone to buy something. So what's happening is that the strategy that a lot of people are using, and I've used this before, is you you advertise the content. Yeah. So you post a you know a, you know a great blog post, one of these content pieces, advertise that. And then let that run for a while and then put a, a what's called a retargeting pixel on that page. And then you follow people around the internet with your ads because once they've seen a piece of your content, they're probably going to be quite interested in buying something later. And what you could also do is have a retargeting funnel. So first thing, you advertise a couple of different things. And then you add, let's say you might have a five-step retargeting funnel where if they haven't seen you before at all, they get one article. If they once have seen that article, they get the second article. And so you gradually expose them to your brand four or five times before you ever try and sell them something. So by the time yep. you get to them, you say, here's the pitch. They're going to be like, I already know this guy. I don't even need to read the sales letter. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that, and that's a key, right? That, especially like you said today is having that building up that brand and that trust is the thing that's going to, going to sell. Like, you know, for example, my product on how to market yourself as a software developer, I, I, one of my first experiences was I tried doing AdWords, paid, paid AdWords to send people to the landing page. And the conversion rate was like 0.01% or so it was like ridiculous. Like, I think I got one sale, like my cost per acquisition, per acquisition per customer. It was like three hundred dollars or four hundred dollars. It was like ridiculous, right? Uh, and then, and then I started doing an email course, like a three-week email course, and 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 you know, and, and, and marketing to my list. But this three-week email course, I would take people and they would get on there. And after three weeks of getting valuable information from me through my email course, at the end, you know, there would be a call to action to buy the the product, and it gets a ten percent conversion rate. So it's like so much more powerful to get that multiple exposure to build those relationships than just trying to cold sell people. It's just, you know, it, it doesn't, maybe it worked like that 10 years ago, but it doesn't work today. You have to build a brand and a reputation. And, and if you can do it, if you can hack it to make it quicker, like you said, with the retargeting pixels, then that makes sense. And, and a lot of people aren't savvy, right? They're like, this is weird. Uh, I, I, I keep on seeing this guy showing up everywhere. He must be a big, big name. Uh, exactly. They have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One way I've thought about using this, I haven't done this yet, but uh, one thing I wanted to do is take like, say you go to a conference, right? You go on to some, I don't know, it could be like a marketing conference or one of your developing, uh, developer conferences, right? And uh, you know, you're a speaker or whatever, but instead of just rocking up at the conference and doing your talk, what you could do is go and scrape the list of attendees some, somehow, just try and get a list of it, drop it into a custom audience on Facebook and then oh. run, you know, 
Four weeks out, you run one piece of content. Three weeks out, you run another one. So by the time you get to the conference, these people who are about to hear you speak, they've already they've seen, but this guy, John, he's everywhere. Now I get to see him at the conference. He's like Tony Robbins or something. Yeah, that's a great idea. I love that. If you can just get, the, you just got to bribe the conference organizer to get that list. And then, uh, yeah, that would, that would work really good. Uh, your, your session would be packed. Like all the other sessions are empty and like yours is just busting out the door because they're, because people are primed, you know, you've primed them for it. So like an advertising autoresponder, like, uh, is in that you'd be, you'd be exposing, you you know, there'd be a case study in there. They'd be like John, uh, uh, John Sonmez, the new Tony Robbins question mark. Would be one of the articles, for example, and you right, have these yeah. different, and you wouldn't even have to advertise your stuff. Like I would, if I was going to do this, I'd be having like something on, like I'd be having other people's sites for the first few, so they're not even hearing from me at first. They're hearing from like some, you know, other guys in the industry. So, for example, say like, uh, you know, who's who be a good, like, say like John uh, J Abraham interviewed me, for example. You know, so right. a lot of people in the marketing industry know him. What would be cool is like getting an interview on his site that's with me. So he's interviewing, and that'll be the first piece of content because then the people's first exposure to me is that oh, he was getting interviewed by Jay Abraham. Okay, he's a, he's a big dog. And then there'd be an interview from someone else. Then there'd be a case study. And then finally, there might be an article from me where I'm talking. And so it's this. It's like an indoctrination. This is like how to build a cult around a cult following. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, they, but but you can see. I mean, obviously, there, there's there's a huge amount of power in 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 that in building that brand. Mm-hmm. Whether you can do it through a hack or you can do it organically through over time, like you know, th- this is the thing. Is like you can immediately see the value of doing that. And so many people don't do this. This is what I don't understand. Is I mean, in the software development community, I, I'll I'll let the software developers get off the hook a little bit because hey, you know, they're they're programmers, like you said, sitting in their office cranking out code. They don't realize how valuable this is but in but in your audience of, of copywriters of marketing people man you got to be you got to be marketing yourself for sure you got to be building a brand around around yourself otherwise you know what you know what, what are you doing <laughs> exactly, exactly so well, I think we're, we're sort of I think it's been a good conversation man really cool stuff before we go yeah. uh, can you you know if the listener wants to learn more about you or maybe even pick up one of your training products because it sounds like it's relevant to even if you're not a not a developer it sounds pretty relevant so where's the best place them to go and learn more. Okay, so I've got two things for you. So one of them, and I'll, I'll just do a, a flat giveaway. I just published a book called Soft Skills, the Software Developer's Life Manual. And little little secret here, it's, it says the Software Developer's Life Manual, but it's not specifically for software developers, right? This advice, I'm, I'm picking my niche, but this is, I've got a ton of stuff in there. I, like I outlined how I retired at 33, the exact steps that I, I took to be able to financially retire and uh, it Tons of productivity hacks and just things that will will help you in your career. Uh, soft skills, you know, basically. And uh, I'll give away a copy of that book. Uh, in fact, a signed copy uh, to uh, to someone who comments on this on this post, this episode. Do they have the ability to comment on your nice. episodes? They do. They do. They can get the show they notes. They do. At the there we go. There will be comments. Okay. And uh, they can they can pop something in there. A signed copy. That's pretty cool. Yes, a signed copy. But but here's the catch: you can't just comment some kind of. You know, you got to comment, and I'm a man of action. If you don't take action, nothing's going to happen. So How here's the this? thing: you got to post a blog or something. Oh yeah, there we go. Okay, I like that. To post a blog, post one of your blog, and that gives you some extra, some self promotion, and, uh, and and should motivate you. It's got to be a new blog that you, that you write. You know, after after listening to this episode, uh, and then the other thing I'll do is I have a course called How to Market Yourself as a Software Developer. Again. 
software developer is my niche, but this is really how to market yourself. It's, it, it goes over how to build a brand, how to build a name for yourself, how to get your name out there so that people start talking about you and how to use social media to do that. Uh, you can find that at devcareerboost.com and uh, that's devcareerboost.com and I'll give $100 off. Uh, you just use the code McMethod and, and you'll get $100 off of that course. So Nice. Happy days, man. This is good. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Great, great. Glad, glad to be here. Cool. This is, you have, you, I have to say, your podcast is one of those podcasts that I listen to uh, every week because there's so much. You, ha- I don't know, you get such great guests on this, on this show, and and you have such great conversations. It's, uh, it's, it's really, really valuable podcast. So cool, man. Cool, man. I mean, you're, uh, you're one of those guests now. So <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, <show> <laughs> at themcmethod.com so if you want the links or the promo code mcmethod and uh, so just those domains again was uh, devcareerboost.com for that and uh, I noticed that if you go to uh, simpleprogramming.com right if you go to products that there's a link there to uh, the soft skills development software developers life menu on there yep cool alright John cheers mate alright cheers Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.